So great big hello to everyone. Good morning. Great to have you joining us here at New Church Live, whether you're joining us live or archived, wherever you're joining us from. We know we have people joining us from all over the country. Welcome to New Church Live. It's wonderful to have you here today. And, and just a few quick things before we get going. One is I want to start just because so much of, the, of our audience now is online. I want to start just giving little shout outs. So you're welcome to send in a picture and we would be glad to give you a little shout out on stage. This week's honorary guest. Oh, next one is Alice, little, little baby Alice. Welcome to the world, baby Alice, Noah and Suzanne. You know, so glad for you folks to welcome another child into the world. Great to have you joining us today. And as well, another thing we have going on here at Future New Church Live is, is we want to talk about how does community look. You know, how does community look as we move into this kind of new future? What does it look like? How does it function? So what we're doing is we're offering people an opportunity to grab a book, The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters, and we're gonna be meeting on Wednesday, November 10th, 8 p.m. on Zoom, and we're gonna have a conversation. It's gonna be a conversation about this book. We will mail the book to you. It's a wonderful opportunity just to simply get in the conversation of what does community mean? You know, and it was really interesting this week just watching the small groups and and some of the hybrid small groups we have going on, and, and to see people's connections one with another, but it's a very different format. Certainly a very different format for a pastor who grew up on a, on a road in western Pennsylvania and had a party line phone. You know, so it's a very different world. And we want to have this conversation. We would love for you to be part of it. If that is any interest to you, again, it'll be on Zoom, so there's no need to think about how I get there in person if you're phoning in from the West Coast. We'd love to have you as well. So with that, folks, are we ready to get going? All right. The musicians will be out here. Just let me say a little prayer here as we get started. So, so Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for these amazing people. Help us, Lord, today to figure out ways again and again to have better relationships. No matter what type of relationship we have, Lord, help us leave today just with that relationship being a little bit strengthened, a little bit more smiled upon, a little bit more joy, a little bit more laughter, just a little later. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for all these amazing people joining us in person and online. Be with us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. to guide me I've been hoping you would find me you're the biggest part of me make a wish baby well and I will make it come true make a list baby of the things I'll do for you 
to wash away the past so that we may start anew. Rising over my shoulder, getting better as we're older. All I want to do is hold her. She's the life that breathes in me. Got a feeling left forever. We are gonna stay together. For me, there's nothing better. You're the biggest part of me. Wait. Make a wish, baby. Well, then I will make it come true. Make a list, baby, of the things I'll do for you. away the past so that we may start anew beautiful thank you thank you thank you boy we have a great service ahead for you folks and, and I just I just got the note that our guest speakers are out they just had their booster shot and they're not coming so you just got me today so so great to have you here today and we really do have a fun service today and, it, and it's looking at relationships and and you know and I, I just want to honor people have all kinds of different relationships like they just do single married divorced widowed 
um, all kinds of relationships. Some of them, today you may be thinking about a particular beloved. You may be thinking as well about a family member. You know, it doesn't really matter. Today is about relationship. It's interesting talking to a pastor friend of mine who does a lot of marriage counseling. And he's, like, he's like, you know, some days I don't want to do it anymore. Because we're, there's two of us always who show up. And there's the two of us that are the good side. And there's the two of us who are the ego-driven negative side. And when those get locked into combat, when that negative ego side, like, there is nothing you can do but run for the hills. <laughs> there is just nothing. Even yesterday, I was talking to a dear friend uh, about a disagreement him and his spouse were having. And, and, and he said, and, and I agree, he, and I said, like, you guys, even, you have your script totally down, don't you? And he's like, we sure do. You know, and we all do. And so today, maybe we can break part of that, and, and maybe we can look at it a little bit differently. And, and I want to start out with this. Like, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about, I'm going to talk about this a lot next week, and it's actually going to turn into a whole series called Begin that will start in January, is the idea that love is not just an emotion. That love is actually not just emotional, it's foundational. Love is the ultimate reality. Love is the ultimate creative force in the universe. Now, do we feel in love all the time, yes or no? No, we, we clearly don't. We clearly don't. But that doesn't mean that love's not present. I think that's real important. And when we start to see love as, as the basic core creative force of the universe, it shifts things. And I think that's how God asks us to see it. So, of course, you know, when, when we look at it, of course, you know, it has this, this word forever stamped all over it. You know, this, this idea of foreverness. Because that's the way love feels. I mean, and, and, and sometimes we can feel that way with, with our partners. Sometimes we can feel that way with our kids. You know, but that's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful to start with that idea that, yes, it can feel very much like forever. Now, this series is, is based on, on a real simple premise, you know, and, and that idea of, well, why does that feel like forever? Well, it feels like forever because there's different layers of our experience. And if you're at home or you're here and you want to do these motions, just look at, look at this graph here. There's this inner self. There's the outer self. And there's our life. Inner self, outer self, and our life. The inner self is, is, is fascinating to me. And the, the inner self, that's that part that's already in heaven, that's, that's connected to, to all kinds of good stuff. It's where peace, joy, um, happiness is where all those emotions lie. It it's, can be accessed in really interesting ways. Um, as a pastor, I, I do a lot with college students, and, and I use these videos often with them, and, and they tell me they cried during the video. Well, that's because that innermost, that inner self gets touched. And the good news, folks, is we all share it. We all share it. Now, when couples first get married, you know, I, I think we tend to see that inner self and we see it, we see it in ourselves, we see it in our partner. And what does it look like? It looks like this. It looks like a little jar of honey. 
And it's the idea that this is my honey. And, and it's, it's a beautiful stage. <laughs> it's a beautiful stage. And it's so important to watch couples who can, who, can, who can see each other that way. And all the little faults and flaws, they just, they just float away. They're not important. And sometimes, as a pastor, sometimes you step into conversations, and it's a little bit humorous. I remember one, uh, uh, this was years ago now, and I was talking to a couple, and, and, and she said, Chuck, I love him so much. He even completes my sentences. Now, I know that that will not be so cute several years down the road. It just won't be. And, and, that's, and that's what life is like. Last night, you know, one of our congregants got, got married to another one of our congregants, Scott and Emily. And if you're watching you too, like, congratulations. And, and I was talking to a, to a couple there, and she said, like, oh, man, I just, I love him so much, and he drives me crazy. I think that's the way relationships work. And, and, and it works in all kinds of ways. That's the same relationship in many ways at a, at a meta level uh, that we have with our kids and with coworkers, and, you know, where we really love each other and we drive each other crazy. And so how do we keep moving forward? Well, I love this idea, folks, that, that actually that, that we start to rapidly see that it's not just a jar of honey, but that actually there's many jars. There's many different sort of jars, many different, different flavors, many different pieces of their personality, some of which are terrific and some of which are pain. Now, as we look at that, right, it's, it's, it's interesting, and I think it's important for all of us to remember, when we, when we get married, right, we, the person, of course, has this, this inner self, this deep self, this, 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 this truly good place, and then they have this outer self that for all of us is a mixed bag. And then we get married, and then what we start to do, or we get into a relationship, we start to ascribe motivation to which jar they pick off of the shelf. So we start to become really convinced that you did that just to annoy me. You pulled from that particular jar just to annoy me about that particular thing. And one of the things that I remind couples about all the time is, no, actually they've had that annoying habit since they were two. They just have. That's, that's just the way our lives work. We're, we're all this beautiful mix of different things. And some of the spices that we have, you know, get the same reaction some people have with cilantro. Either you love it or you don't. So that means, of course, that, that, that marriages go through times that, that are challenging. And again, some of these, I want to show you a couple of memes that I think are pretty funny. You know, a couple of memes that talk to this. My husband just bought ice cream with raisins, so that was a fun marriage. I like that one. Right? Just that idea of shift. And here's another one that I found, found brought a smile. Before marriage, I would sit at stoplights for hours because I had no one to tell me the light had changed to green. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 of course, folks, it's, it's not saying that there, there aren't certain things that our partner can do that are deal breakers. There are. I mean, let's just be totally honest about that. With any relationship, 
There are lines and there are things that cannot be crossed, but, but those things should not be raisins. And that's where we have to kind of start to see it a little, a little bit differently. And start to see, start to see marriage as this, as this beautiful struggle. As this beautiful struggling back and forth. Because, because what, what God is trying to teach us, and I've said this in here before, but it's, but it's really important. God's trying to teach us and, and allowing us to have this struggle so that we can really, truly learn unconditional love. Really can learn it. And that unconditional love, and this is, again, a, a hard one to, to communicate in an appropriate way um, with language, is, is the idea that actually unconditional love it's actually impersonal. And of course it's focused on a person. Of course all of you could right now picture the five people you most love in the world. I think this. I think if you can hold that love for those five people in your heart and you walk out into the lobby after church or you walk out of your house after you've watched online, that you'll love everybody. Isn't that interesting? Even though it's specifically guided, there's a way when, when we can focus it, when we can focus it, that it becomes this impersonal love that starts to ripple out into the world. And that's the kind of world I, I think that we're called to be in. Now, now, how is it that, that we hold these harder places? How is it that we hold these harder places? Because some of them are indeed hard. And, and, and last week we looked at that there are two of me. For each of us, there's this inner self and this outer self. And today we're shifting into the idea that, yeah, and if you're in relationship with someone, they have that going on too. And the trick is... And, the trick is to get, yeah, and, and, and I do as well. I mean, I know for me personally, when I struggle with judgment, it's because I have forgotten that there's two of me as well. Primary attribution theory says that when we look at what someone else does wrong, we judge it saying it's a character flaw. When we do the same thing, it was because of circumstances. There's something to be leery of. And so can we really sort of hold the whole thing? Because this is, this is what I really know. I really know the struggle's good. And again, I know not every relationship lasts. Get it. And even the struggle around relationships that don't last, even that struggle, I think, can be part, a real important part of our spiritual journeys. And those those struggles where it does work out, that as well can be a real important part of our spiritual journey. The, the struggle has value. Now let's take a look here at a, at a couple lines from the Bible that talk about This is from Mark 9, and it's, and it's a beautiful phrase. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. That's where we get like uh, that saying, by the way, folks, where someone says, oh yeah, they're just real salt of the earth. Jesus uses that because that idea of salt, and, and, and salt, what it does is it brings out the flavors of a particular dish. 
nobody, nobody, I mean, no dish gets called good if it's too salty, right? But, but just the right amount seems to do that. Now it's, now it's interesting, right? Because we, we preach on this a lot. If you've been around any kind of church life, be that as a kid um, or as an adult, no doubt you've heard this before. But what I love is that that's verse 50. Mark 9, verse 50. What happens when we pull it back a verse? Well, this is the verse right before it. Everyone will be salted with fire. So, so we get that, that, that salt in our life. We get that salt that's this necessary thing that we can add to the world. But we do it by going through the fires of life. And it's, and it's so easy, right? It's so easy, folks. It's just so easy to play the comparison trap game. Where we succumb to the belief, I think, I think we all do this on occasion of like, yeah, my relationships, fill in the blank, kids, spouse, uh, a beloved, whatever. They're so hard. And I look over at that person over there and it's so easy. They've got it all down. Do we ever do that? All the time. And it's been eye-opening to me as a pastor to realize how much and how humbling it is the idea that we all struggle. And out of that struggle comes this salt. The salt that can flavor life. The salt that can bring out the flavors of life even more. The salt that adds to the very richness of life. I think that's why Philip Yancey has this beautiful quote. I want you to listen to it because I think it's just, it's just a gorgeous quote. This is from Philip Yancey. Every human marriage has crisis times, moments of truth when one partner or both is tempted to give up. Older married couples will admit that during these times, they question the entire relationship. Now, though, they retell the stories with humor and even nostalgia. And this is, this is, a, really, this is a really good line, really good line. So take a breath and listen to this. They retell the stories with human and even nostalgia. And this is beautiful. For crises, and I think this is true whether it's a marriage relationship, any kind of relationship. For crises, that fire fit together. Indeed, they helped form a pattern of love and trust. The couple's mutual response to stormy times was what gave their marriage its enduring strength. I think that really is true for, for all of how we do our lives. When we come back, I, I want to talk about a real specific system, and it's, it, it is a system. It's, it's a way that we can look at our relationships, and again, beyond marriage, all of our relationships, a way that can really be healthy, in a way that's able to hold that, yep, it's a fire sometimes, it's a mess sometimes, and there's all these different parts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but that somehow the struggle's good. As the musicians come out, and as we get ready for our, our video here, let's just think about that. Yeah, what does it look like to really get to the point where we get that the struggle's good and that that's how we're going to grow?
Hey, New Church Live. This is Angela Cooper. I work here behind the scenes, and I wanted to record this message to encourage you all to consider making a donation to support New Church Live. We rely on the generosity of this congregation to fuel everything that we do here. Um, and we want to encourage you all to consider making a donation. And the best way, the easiest way to make a donation, no matter how you attend New Church Live, whether you're watching live, whether you're watching online, a week from now, two weeks from now, a year from now, is to go online and make a donation to support New Church Live. And you can do that on our website. Um, there's a donate tab, or you can text the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase to 77977. And a link will come on your phone and you can make a donation that way. And both places you can set up a reoccurring gift to happen regularly throughout the year, or you can make a one-time donation. And it all goes to support all of the work it takes to run this church. So if you're viewing online, all of the resources to stream it to you live, um, the Sunday service to you know create and run and sustain the Sunday service, community service initiatives are supported by your generosity, pastoring work that Pastor Chuck does, and everything in between really is supported by you, our congregation. So we hope you will consider making a donation today to support this amazing church. And the second thing I want to mention to you is that we've set up an online calendar to schedule a meeting with Pastor Chuck. Um, we know that a lot of you like to meet with him if maybe you're going through a hard season in life and you need some pastoral support or maybe you have some happy news, like you just had a baby or you're planning a wedding and you want him to officiate that service. Um, so if you go to our website, there's a link there to set up a meeting with Pastor Chuck um, in 15 minute increments, 30 minute increments or an hour. And you can set up that meeting and uh, meet with him and get some pastoral support. Um, and we hope you'll enjoy this feature and use it. I know that a lot of people really um, get a lot of support from Pastor Chuck and we wanted to make it as easy as possible. So again, you can go to our website for both things to make a donation or to set up a meeting with Pastor Chuck, or you can text us and make a donation that way. And we just so appreciate um, this amazing congregation and all the ways you guys show up and support this congregation. So thank you, everyone. If you were falling, then I would catch you. If you need a light, I find a match. Cause I love the way you say good morning. And you take me the If you are chilly, here take my sweater. If your head is aching, I'll make it better. Cause I love the way you call me, baby. And you take me the way I am. 
love the oh-so-subtle reference to Rogaine in that, in that song. Uh, yeah, folks, you know, it's, it's interesting, right, to just think about how, how do we just hold the whole thing? Because it's, it's interesting that, that some of the times those jars, right, those, those jars, even some of the most ones that are distressing to us, they actually can be very endearing later on. You know, um, I did, a, I did a funeral, this was years ago, and this woman really missed her husband a ton, and, and, and she very tearily, like with great longing in her voice, went, Chuck, he was the most stubborn man I ever knew. And, and I loved that. Like, she'd even come to the point where she loved his stubbornness. She loved that jar. And it doesn't mean, of course, that if there are things that don't work, we don't say it. I, I use this quote a lot. I love it. You know, God loves you just the way you are and loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay that way. I think there's some truth in that to relationship too. But it's always about, are we coming from a place where we need, there's a neediness for other people to change in the ways that we think they should. If it's a neediness around that, that's where I think we can get into trouble. Doesn't mean we don't invite them to change. But if there's a neediness around it, I think, again, that gets us, that gets us off base. Because, because I think, folks, and I had a friend share this, you know, when, when we look at how much of the world, you want to know how much you actually control? Drop a hula hoop down at your feet. That's how much you control. That's it. And that idea that within that space, yes, you have control, but outside of that, you don't. And the other, other people will lie outside of that, which is really important. And, and of course, we, we, we go through these times where we, we so much want the other person to change, and, and we'll do all kinds of like, like crazy stuff, like one of the ones a lot of, lot of you do, I certainly have done this many times, sadly. You know, one of the jars we pick up on is the jar with nothing in it, and we unwind it, Listen, it's the jar called the silent treatment. All right, and we use that. And, and, you know, again, I can fall prey to that just as anyone else can. And the idea, folks, that, that, that our silence is going to make our partner change, I mean, oh, doesn't tend to work that well. And with these efforts to control, we can, we can see how it can get us off base, this this cartoon from the New Yorker, I think says it, says it well. The cartoon reads, reads, thanks. Oh, I'm gonna have to read it from there because it's bigger. Thanks, I knew I could count on you to turn my problem into something way worse than hap that happened to you. And I think that can really happen, that, that can occur. 
So, so how is it, folks, that, that we can change this? How is it that, that God would ask us to look at this differently? One of the things I've been, been playing around with, and I've shared it a couple times here, is this beautiful definition of grace. I've, I've said it here a number of times, but I want to repeat it again. We look at God's grace. Grace is when, for a moment, we see the world as God sees it. Grace is when, for a moment, we see the world as God sees it. And, and there's a way where, where we can keep coming back to, okay, so God, give me your eyes to see this. God, how can I see this? God, give me new, a new way to see this. It's why Jesus, the number one thing, he heals his blindness. I think that's supposed to tell us a lot. And the first step of that, the first step of that is this, is learning to treasure their humanity first. Treasure their humanity first. Remember, folks, we looked at the idea of inner self, outer self, and then their life. You know, can we learn to treasure, can we learn to really look at their inner self? Can we really really see that, that, that deep part, however it might show up? God always starts, and this is, this is like, this is just basic, basic spirituality. God always starts asking us to please look at the original blessing. Original sin shows up chapter three. We talk about that a lot. We have to start out by looking at original blessing. And it's interesting, when, when, we, when we look through, you know, the healing stories of the Bible, with Jesus, somebody's moral perfection was never the precondition for healing. Think about that for a minute. It was never the precondition. It should be the same with us. Imagine a relationship, and, and I, I hope all of us have at least one of these, and it might be a grandparent, it, it might be an uncle, it might be a spouse, I don't know, but but imagine the blessing people have when they really feel seen by someone and that inner self is really treasure. And even though I'm sure there are, are some people, I'm sure there's some people watching here today are like, yeah, I, I don't know whether I've ever had that. That might be true. And you can still offer it. You can still find that way to see other people in, that, in, that very, in the very depths of their soul. One of the ways to do that is just, is just simple gratitude. This um, famous marriage counselor, last name of Gottman, and he's very famous, and, and he said, you always have to keep it a five to one ratio. And he said, five compliments for every criticism. Think about that. That means Monday through Friday, you've got to say one good thing about your beloved, and on Saturday, you can offer a suggestion. Of course, Sunday is Sabbath. We'll take that day off and repeat the cycle. But imagine that. I remember you know, one of the things I was thinking about, thinking back to today, is I went to a management conference down at Disney, and, and Disney actually studied this. It actually takes 23 good experiences to overcome one negative one. That's their ratio. 
Regardless of which ratio you use, it, it is about learning to treasure, learning to treasure deeply that inner self. Now, what about the outer self? So here's, here's the inner self. All right, so, so I really want to keep on focusing on that. And folks, I want to say, this is a little bit of a side. Even if you are in a relationship that is ending, there's still space to focus on that. Still space there. Not easy. There's still space there. So that's the inner self. Treasure that. And then there's the outer self. Then there's the outer self. And, and with the outer self, that's where I think we can do this. Witness with compassion their journey. Folks, it's, it's their journey. It's their journey. You're part of it, right? But remember the hula hoop. <laughs> You know, our reach only goes so far. Can we step into places where we really witness, witness other people's story, where we really witness what they're going through with their journey? When I think about stepping into that place, you know, stepping into that place, you know, first thing I had down was when, when I was writing with the first draft was saying, yeah, it's really about stepping in, witnessing their journey with love, and that's true. But there's also a part when we step into it, can we witness their journey with compassion? Can we witness their journey with compassion? Because what does compassion mean? Compassion, the word literally means to suffer with. Can we draw alongside of them and just really, really be with them in that hard stuff? I know for me personally, I imagine for a lot of you, boy, when tough stuff shows up, I don't, I have a hard time like sitting with it, personally. But I know I watch really successful relationships and, and, and I watch how people are really able to do that, just, just to be in the hard stuff, witnessing it together. Noticing again that, that they have their particular journey and how can I just draw alongside of that? And, and the last one, folks, and this is the fun one, is the idea of the invite. So that's life, right? We learn to really treasure that inner self of those we love. We give language to it. We say it. We express it. And then inevitably, we hit that part where there's like the hard parts of life and, and we bear witness to it. And even, even when times, folks, where those problems end up with our name written on the box, even there, witness that. Witness your own journey there. And then there's this last place, which is life. And this is where, this is where, folks, I think some magic can really happen. That idea of invite is, is this constant coming to like, all right, honey, or, or whatever, whatever you call your beloved, you know, I want to invite you to this. Let's invite each other to something different. Let's invite each other to growth. That word invitation is so important. It's a very different position then I need you to, 
or I want you to fill in the blank. And again, folks, there is time and space for that. And there's a bigger need, I think, to be constantly inviting each other into new ways of relating. What's the invitation here? And can you ask that? Can we ask that of those in our lives who we love? Can we ask that, ready for this, without knowing exactly what we're inviting them to? I think there's just, ma there's just magic when you just say, I'm inviting you. What to? Well, let's figure that out. That idea that we're sojourning together, that idea of an invitation, we can, we can keep thinking about that in our relationships. And, and folks, just imagine a strained relationship you have. Imagine, imagine just, you know, that, that strained relationship. And I'm going to ask you to flip it here a little bit. Imagine that person you're having a real strained relationship with. Imagine them getting a hold of you and saying, like, you know, I'm just sad it feels so strained. Let's sit down. Maybe we can invite each other into a new relationship. I mean, what would your reaction be? I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. And really glad they beat me to the punch. Folks, isn't that what God does? When God looks at you, he sees an angel. He sees an angel. Riding a bike with training wheels, granted. But he sees an angel. He sees you at your inmost. And he sees the pain of your life. He sees the anxiousness. He sees the fear. He sees the worry. And he gently whispers into that, I'm with you. Even to the end of the age. Emmanuel, God with us. And then he constantly is inviting us into new life. In this particular denomination, we call that regeneration, recreation, growing again and again and again. And we can't do it with the skill, obviously, even remotely close to the way God can, but we can do our best. As Paul would say, we see dimly in a mirror. We can do our, do our best, granted that we see dimly, to do the same thing. To make those same kinds of, of movements. Growth always comes with a goodbye. It means that as we do that, there will be parts of the, the older relationship that, that maybe we cherish, that just we know that are just going to be left behind. And I think that's part of it, grieving that, knowing that that's true as well, but knowing that there's, there's a bigger possibility out there that God is always asking us to reach for. And it's this place, folks, and I love this idea where goodwill and faith come together. 
this, this deeply new church concept, that that's what we're trying to bring together is, is goodwill and faith, goodwill and trust, just, just goodwill, just goodwill that I'm going to wish the best for you. That goodwill, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit yesterday. That goodwill is so much part of that inmost. It's so much part of that inner self that's, that's yearning to be free, that's yearning to actually not just become part of our life, but that goodwill, not just as part of our life, but that goodwill to become our life. We're literally, we're walking through life with goodwill. Great story about that is Scrooge, by the way, if you want to see how that looks in literature. But once, once we do that, then it's just this, it's this constant, like we go from this inner self, witnessing people in their struggles, and then hallelujah, coming to the invitation at the other side of it. But that, but that goodwill is actually who you are. It is actually the expression. Not of love as an emotion but the expression of love as a very foundation, a very, the very creation of our being. That's why you got to smile when you, about a life of faith, because, because the best of a life of faith, trust, brings us to that place, helps us to trust that place, helps us to move forward in that place, helps us to get to a point where actually we're able to hold both sets of jars. <laughs> We're able to see that jar, that honey. We're able to see all the other ones. And we're able to just love them. That idea that we're talking an active word here. And we're able to hold it both. So that's the thought for this week, folks. May we all go out in our relationships, however that might look. Really trying to take the time. I mean, maybe even you're having lunch with someone. Just like take a breath for a minute. Soft eyes. See their inner self. May we do that. May we bear witness to the struggles that we all share. And may we allow what comes out of our mouth to be an invitation to a better relationship. A better tomorrow. A relationship we say we invite people to every day. Because, my friends, that's goodwill. That's goodwill. And that's what starts to change the world, one relationship at a time. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is now we're going to do a, a, a prayer. And then I'm going to do the Our Father prayer. And then we're going to close with a little blessing here. So, so with that, let's first off, I'll get a big breath here. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, thank you for the fact that we have relationships in our lives, so many of which are this laboratory where we're learning of love where we're learning of the fire and the struggle and salt and flavoring. 
where we're learning of how to see each other down to our inner selves, to witness the struggles we all go through with compassion, and to invite each other into a brighter future, into your future, into your why. Help us, Lord, settle deeply on that idea of a goodwill that colors it all. Of a goodwill that actually takes hold of our lives. A goodwill that might actually come to a place where it envelops our whole life with love. A love not seeking to possess, a love not seeking to control, a love not seeking anything but to love and to serve, and to be filled with grace. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Give us the courage, the sight, to move forward into the week, as always, with more love, and as always, together. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And a last blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and friends. Bring you home. Amen. People wonder how 
far It's a wondrous thing to turn around See where we are It's a good thing love forgives And it's a blessing love is blind They ask me how we made it I say one day at a time Cause I choose you Every day in a hundred different ways I make the choice to stay I can hit the open road Run my life away But I choose you Every day I choose you Every day in a hundred different ways I make the choice to stay I can hit the open road Run my life away But I choose you Every day Well I can hit the open road Run my life away But I choose you Every day Thank you. Have a wonderful week. Take care.